When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. Hi, I'm Steph, and this is the Don't Buy Her Flowers podcast. And you're joining us during the business mini series. So I started Don't Buy Her Flowers eight years ago this month, and I've been talking to founders to find out more about their stories. Aside from having kids, I would say it's the hardest thing I've ever done, but also the most consuming. Um, So I'm keen to find out how people in different industries have done it. Emma Cantrell is the CEO of children's charity First Days, based in Wokingham. Uh, Emma's idea started around wanting to redistribute kids' clothes and toys that were finished with to people who needed them. So a really nice, simple idea. Well, it sounds simple. It's not simple to do, I don't think. And now she also offers services, helping people with peer support and coaching. Um, And they've seen a huge rise in demand during COVID and now the cost of living crisis. So the reason I wanted to speak with Emma is that it struck me that she has to do everything that a business owner does, constantly raising money and looking at budgets, uh, marketing what they do, growing and leading a team, delivering to customers, but with much higher stakes. I will give some ideas at the end of this episode of ways that Emma has said that people can help first days. This series is sponsored by Natural Mat, an organic bed and mattress company. There's over 5 million mattresses go to landfill every year in the UK alone, and they are on a mission to stop this with their initiative called Mattress for Life. At the end of your Natural Mat mattress lifespan, you can choose to refurbish, recycle, or donate your mattress. You can learn more about this by visiting naturalmat.co.uk or visiting their showrooms in London, the Cotswolds, or Devon. And uh, an exclusive offer for this podcast, if you use the code DBHF15, you can get 15% off your first order, and that's valid up until the 31st of January. So I've known Emma for a while, and back in 2020, Don't Buy Her Flowers donated £12,000 over three months at the beginning of the pandemic. Uh, We were meant to partner with them for a month, and then as things got worse for lots of people in the country, we found that Don't Buy Her Flowers was really booming, so it felt like the right thing to do and the work that Emma does is just incredible for helping families who really need it and at the moment almost off the back of that pandemic we've gone into another particularly difficult time for everyone um, and that's what we started out with the conversation on. It's not fun at the moment is it? It's not we're really we're just so busy it's and I mean I think as a charity in similar to business we're in this situation where we're just not making enough money, <laughs> but also the demand for our service is so high. So I can't cut back on what we're delivering. Mm. I just have to try and, you know, find a magic money tree from somewhere. So it's quite stressful. So if we start by explaining what you do at First Days, you started in 2013, right? 
Yeah, that's right. So when I started the charity, there was no such thing as a baby bank in the UK. You know, there wasn't this huge, huge demand for people who couldn't afford baby stuff and things for their children. But I knew, because I've always worked with vulnerable families, I knew that there was a level of need. So I started the charity. I had a toddler. She was 22 months old and my son was 10 weeks old. And I thought, what a great idea. I mean, that sounds like a really good idea. That is the perfect timing for starting anything. Exactly, exactly. So I applied for a grant thinking no one's going to give this crazy hormonal new mum money to start a charity and then they did and I can I will live forever with this vivid memory of being on the sofa feeding my son a son across my lap feeding him laptop on my knee and googling how do you start a charity how do you build a website (laughs) you know all this stuff so it was proper like you know kitchen table stuff Mm. and we really did start just taking in baby stuff and giving it to people who I knew needed it people do want to help other people and there's something really magical about giving stuff and knowing that it's going to stay in your community and go to someone who really desperately needs it Mm. and as we've grown and evolved over the last 10 years we still do the baby stuff but we've moved a lot more into things that are much more expensive so school uniforms especially secondary school uniforms and beds and those things that if you don't have them it's beyond a lot of people's means to get them Mm -hmm. and we've also added in we do one-to-one coaching with families to try and help them find routes through their financial difficulties or whatever problems are you know parenting emotional problems all those things that are in their lives so we have coaches now and we do a lot of peer support as well so we just get lots of people together and connect them up and build communities on your website you've got like case studies effectively and I think something that you talk about quite a lot is that people have an assumption of the kinds of people who will need your help or the kinds of people who are in poverty and just going through the case that you say there's five there it's someone who's escaped domestic violence and needs to kind of set up home or it's somebody who has both parents have lost their job or a single parent and they've lost their job and so they're suddenly their circumstances are completely changed and there isn't support because I guess they're not at the very 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 worst point in that somebody somewhere where you would hope and I know it doesn't always happen but in social services or within government systems is picking them up so they're kind of just this whole massive area of people that doesn't have anyone to direct them to what they could be doing or should be doing or is there any help or is there any finance or all that stuff you've hit the nail on the head because people come to us and the first thing they say is I need help but I don't know what it is I don't know what I need and what we are desperate for and the way we have designed what we do is that we reach people before they hit that rock bottom crisis point Mm -hmm. before social services might need to get involved before statutory mental health services might need to get involved to try and catch people before they fall further into that overwhelm and you know when you're feeling overwhelmed you can't see what the solution is to your problem because once you've got all those services involved not only is it really expensive for us as taxpayers uh, to have social services and all of those things involved but it's really damaging for families to have got to that point where they're that desperate that they're needing all this intervention so yeah it's just trying to get to people and it is it's people who work it's people who have had awful things happen I spoke to a dad Uh, last week who is a single dad because his wife died his wife died at the beginning of the pandemic she had had cancer for a number of years she died and 
the week after she died, all of the benefits that they had been living on due to her illness were stopped. He had stopped working in his business. He's self-employed in order to care for his dying wife. Mm -hmm. He couldn't build up his business again because we'd just entered a pandemic. So he was absolutely stuck. Mm -hmm. And it's people like that who we can, you know, we have the expert knowledge of what support is out there. We can talk to the right people to make sure that other benefits are put in place. All of those things that someone needs when they're in that crisis situation. And, you know, that's a guy with a family home, with a business, Mm -hmm. who's grieving. (laughs) You know, it's so much. And, And is that a massive, so, well, it's probably a stupid question. A massive part of your job and everyone on your team's job must be that emotional support because the people coming to you, presumably... I know you talk about wanting to give people choice because they're they're full of shame. They're full of, they're feeling judged. Like all this stuff that's also going on that must be a huge part of your role. Absolutely, absolutely. So the the one thing we want people to feel is that A, they can come to us and then it's not going to be judgment. There's Mm -hmm. no shame. There's no having to air your dirty laundry. We're not going to ask intrusive questions because actually my view is that if someone approaches a charity to ask for help, they need help. Let's mm. let's get you the help and let's work out, you know, maybe why that is later or, or not. And it is all about trying to break down that stigma of asking for help is absolutely fine. And, you know, we, we talk a lot about it's OK not to be OK when it comes to mental health. Mm-hmm. But actually, it's OK to to be struggling financially. It, it's, it's more than likely to be things that are way out of your control that have got you into that situation. And it's okay just to put your hand up and say, I'm not coping. And Mm. what help can I get? And it's like everything, it's much better to get help earlier. So yeah, the emotional support we offer is the crucial thing um, to make people feel dignified, to give them back some control over their lives. Because that's what's taken away from you Mm. when you're struggling financially is choice and control and dignity and all those things so yeah we we do a lot to try and restore that to people so I think like an example is at Christmas rather than oh here's some presents and we're going to dish them out to kids it's like that is it that parents or carers could come in to your place and and pick it so it's like shopping um, and you guys support them in that rather than here's a bag of stuff that your kid probably won't even like or they hate bluey or whatever (laughs) and you know what the reason we did that was because we used to give out a bag of toys and Mm -hmm. you know you've got a nine-year-old girl here's your here's your toys yeah or whatever it is and I looked in one of the bags that was for I think it was a nine-year-old girl and it hit me like a ton of bricks that my daughter wouldn't want anything in that bag Mm. if that's all I she was nine at the time and if that's all I have to give her I feel like a crap mum I have not given. Oh, like, that's really hit me. That's really made me feel emotional. Yeah. Like, so, yeah, of yeah, course. Of exactly. course. Because also so, you, you say really, really well. Like, I'm sorry, I've been reading about you, <laughs> listening to you in lots of places, but you say really well that, like, about the choice thing, but also that you've never actually met, like, let's say mums or a parent who doesn't want the best for their kid. So these aren't people who are just completely failing at being a parent. There's lots of reasons why. It's not because they're just crap. Totally. And it's, I I can honestly say every, you know, parents come to us with all sorts of different background, history, problems going on right now in their lives, but all they want is the best for their children. And it absolutely sucks to not be able to buy your kids mm. Christmas 
presence. Mm. And the reason I wanted to talk to you for this kind of business series was that it's really clear to me, just from conversations I've had with you, but also what you've put, you're very honest about how tough it can be, which I think is something that business leaders and owners are rubbish at quite often because we're trying to pretend everything's fine. <laughs> and it's not because it's really hard. But I think like in all the ways that a business owner has to run you've got to make sure that you've got as you mentioned finance and money and your team are okay and you've got you know a place that you will work from and that it's clean and tidy and then you're supporting all your clients um and all the people that are coming to you and that is exactly what someone who's running a business has to do except for that the stakes are really high because you're talking about people's lives you're not i mean i run a gift business you're not talking about something (laughs) which must be difficult right it is difficult, no doubt about it. And it makes me so cross that people aren't honest about how difficult these things are because it's hugely rewarding, but it is really, really difficult. And mm. I think as a charity, you have to run as a business. So I am trying to make a profit. It's just that I'm making a profit by fundraising and I'm using that profit to help families. So, you know, yeah. it's still a sales job. It, I'm mm. still constantly trying to sell the concept and the organisation to people who are willing to buy into it. And and then, you know, the output is the support for people. But it's all the same things. It's keeping, you know, a roof over our heads, as you say, keeping the team happy and safe. It's all of those things. And, you know, all those things that as a founder of something, you don't know how to do it. I don't know. I mean, I can remember the phone ringing and where, where before I had a kind of bigger team. Can I speak to your marketing department? Well, that's me. <laughs> Did you put on a different voice and put yeah, them through? Like, we, we used to joke about that. Like, sure, yeah, I'll just get them for you. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And I think when you are then really good at, and I I would imagine, Steph, that you had the same thing. When you are good at your marketing and you're good at putting yourself out there, people presume there's like this huge team behind you. And you're like, oh, it's just me and half of one other person right now, you know. And until you get to that point where you do have a bit of a team, there is a an expectation that you're going to be able to deliver on things and be quick and, and and that you know what you're doing. And I think one of the biggest myths is that anyone who's running a business really knows what they're doing at the point in time, because you know how to do what you did three years ago now, because you did it three years ago and you learned from your mistakes, yeah. but you're not three years ago. Now you're in this moment, which is new. That's so spot on. And it's like, and it's like, and I always go, well, we're learning, aren't we to the team? Because <laughs> we're trying to put a good spin on it. Cause it's like, it's always like COVID for mm. you. You had that. And then obviously the cost of living crisis and everything that's going on now and the uncertainty, which must be having mm. a huge impact. And, there'll be something else next year, next month. And that is, I think, one of the toughest things because you're never done. You're never done if you run a business and you're definitely never done if you run a charity like yours. I think that's exactly it. And I think that's the big myth. And I spend time mentoring people who are starting new organisations and they say things to me like, when will it get easier? And I, it's really difficult not to say, mm. well, never, because what you're doing now will, will appear easy to you in a few months time when you look back and think how was how did I find that so difficult Mm -hmm. but what you'll be dealing with in that moment will be hard if you are growing and evolving and you know taking risks and doing all those things that you need to do to grow a business or grow an organization Mm -hmm. it's never going to be easy unfortunately and it's always comes as a shock to people when I say that have you got better at compartmentalizing like how do you 
not park it because I know you never can, but you must have to be able to, to some degree, because otherwise you'd go insane. Totally. I feel like actually in the last couple of years, and maybe the pandemic forced it because it was so intense, I feel like I've matured into, um, you know, I can almost see the 10 years as being a newborn baby and then being a toddler and being a teenager. And now I feel like, okay, we're in a, we're in a kind of adult situation here where I can have some perspective of, we just can't do all those things. Yes, that would be amazing to do, but it's not something that is in the plans right now or, you know, and also dealing with disappointments, dealing with, when people let you down and when, uh, you know, things happen that are disappointing, when plans don't work out, when projects don't work, you know, because that happens. I think I've got a lot better at dealing with that. And I was saying to you before, I've got into the habit of working every evening at the moment, but, you know, it's half term. And how do you find enough hours in the day when you have children and, and all of those things? But actually, I am very good at stopping and giving myself time off now, and is that something you're better at now than you were at the beginning? Definitely much better at it, but I think I have different expectations. So I really just make the most of the time I've got. So I don't, I think I used to feel like, well, I can't possibly have two days off at the weekend, so I just won't have any time off. I'll just work through. Whereas now, actually, I feel really in control. If I need to do a little bit of work at the weekend, mm-hmm. I've also done something really cool with the kids or gone out for a night out or I'm doing oh you know I've done a really good run that I've made me feel great and I think I've just become a lot better at making the most of my time Mm -hmm. and also you know things happen that put life into perspective don't they one of my grandparents is um terminally ill very very poorly at the moment and I can think I've got a busy day and I'm full you know my diary's jammed and then I'll get a call from my grandmother, can you come and help? And of course, drop everything. Mm-hmm. No, my diary's not full at all. And mm-hmm. I think it's about having that perspective and giving yourself permission to say, actually, it's absolutely fine to cancel something. The charity's not going to fail if I don't go to that meeting or if I don't meet with that donor. You know, everyone's a human and they will understand. And I think, you know, 10 years on, I treat myself a lot nicer. I mean, you made the reference about it being like motherhood, but it is in that like reading things that people have written or reading things that I've written when I had new babies and how Mm -hmm. I felt and the absolute torture I put on myself of anything that went wrong and thinking of the early days of the business of if say we had a a delivery and a a courier messed up and something went wrong it was so personal and that is like motherhood that it's so personal that how you sort of berate yourself whereas I guess by the time you're 10 years in you're like I can't I can't live like that Uh, every kind of event or every time something goes wrong and also I suppose maybe once you've survived some of those things going wrong you go okay no one it wasn't the end of the world like it wasn't and you mentioned about having children so how do you juggle it all because I think I've seen criticism of when women are asked this but the fact is and I know you're a single mum so Mm -hmm. the fact is women do still juggle it all so I think it's remiss to not ask the question because then you're kind of ignoring the fact that we do seem to do a lot of it absolutely yeah so my ex-husband is really involved in the children's lives so that's fantastic so they've got tons of loving parents and family members around them which we're really really lucky Mm. to have he's very hands-on and that's great but as you say the mental load falls often to mum and he doesn't live in the same town as us so you know in terms of the kids schooling and all of that I'm responsible for it all day to day and it's a lot but my children are 
they've almost grown up with it. So mm. they don't know any different. It's not like I went from a job where I could close my laptop at 5pm and here they were. They are used to me in and out, around and about. They're used to coming with me. They, I mean, Christmas presents have started arriving at the warehouse and Joni and Wilbur were saying, right, when are we going to take them out of the boxes and put them on the shelves? You know, that's there. They see it as well, part of what they do. And I suppose and, that that's, that has a positive to it in that like, they come from a loving home with family around them where you do have enough money, but they then have this insight into people who don't. I mean, like I grew up, my parents fostered and adopted. So it gives you an insight that most people don't have if they live in that bubble, because you are in a bubble. Totally, absolutely. And I think you can't underestimate that in terms of how it will shape and mould them and how they will think and act as as adults. So Mm. taking them along to work with me when I need to, I think is really, really good for them. It's definitely hard work. I mean, my house isn't clean. There's things that fall by the wayside. Yeah. But um, yeah, I think it's that old thing isn't it that it does it does take a village and what your village looks like will be different but we just get by and we we work it out as we go along yeah when you're ready to pop the question the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring at bluenile.com you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online choose your diamond and setting when you found the one you'll get it delivered right to your door Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. My youngest, Frank, uh, dropped him off at his half term. I dropped him off at holiday camp this morning. And he was like, 
why do you have to work, mum? And you just have that like, oh, feeling. But and I did turn to Doug and say, I said to him about it. And he was like, you can't feel guilty. Like you're, you're mm. trying to run a business. There is a, loads of difficulty at the moment with finances yeah. and all that stuff. You've got a team to, that you're responsible for. Like, don't take it on. And, I, and he doesn't take it on. No. To be oh, honest, he's like, he's fine. He's gone to holiday camp. He'll have a great yeah. day. He's got a packed lunch. He was very, very, this is his first time with a packed lunch. He was so giddy about oh, this packed lunch. So that's okay. But yes, yeah, diff- it's, it's, um, but when you're doing something like you're doing that does have that even more meaning behind it, I think that that's, yeah, you have to hold on to that, I guess, without making it something to beat yourself up about of how you have to do more. Yeah, and I'm very protective of my time. I don't take much holiday, but when I do, I have to literally delete the emails from my phone. Oh, yeah, same. I have to leave the work WhatsApp group for a week because I can't, I can't, muting it doesn't work. I have to physically leave it. It's just, yeah. yeah. No, but I think, but I don't think that's a bad thing because I think, again, everyone's different. So you have to work out what it is that you need to do to keep yourself kind of level on all this stuff. But, but having breaks, having those breaks Mm. is, is also really important. I don't think you can go into any of this and think, um, oh, uh, I, I won't have a holiday anymore or I don't need yeah. a holiday anymore because also you're not at your best if you're totally strung out. What does give you like the biggest buzz? It's cliched and it's a bit Miss World, but it is helping people. You know, we have loads of contact with the families we support and I sometimes forget the difference that we make because when you're involved in it and you see, right, we've, we've supported 100 people today. Okay, cool. Their their numbers on a on a spreadsheet, mm-hmm. but when you then have one of those people tell you the difference that your organisation has made in their life, it's just so humbling and it's just mind blowing and it's incredible to think that the organisation that I'm running is making a difference in people's lives. You know, and you must have that as well. The the gifts that people are receiving are bringing them joy. You're giving joy to people every single day. But it's- it is really easy to forget. Like we, I've yeah. been doing something recently, speaking to customers and to doing like a one-to-one on Zoom. And then we'll, we'll probably do something with it because they're basically saying stuff that I we would write as a marketing script, you know, like the way that they talk. But I spoke to someone yesterday who'd been really, really poorly and she'd, she'd become a customer after receiving a box and she talked about how it made her feel. And I don't do what you do and I'm not trying to suggest in any way that I do. But for what I do, then having that conversation, it, it kind of was like, oh, I need to remember this. You know, I need to remember that there's a goodness there that otherwise does become about numbers on paper, mm-hmm. keeping going, managing a team, all that other stuff that it isn't why I set it up. Totally. And I've got some of our best marketing ideas from speaking directly to yeah. the families we we work with. And it reminds me of the guy who's the CEO of Timpsons, who is, yes. you know, just a legend yeah. um, generally. But he said that one of his top tips for running a business was that you take care of everything at the very top so you're you know your top line finance and governance and you have a real keen interest on the shop floor and then you trust that everything in between will happen mm. and you know so if you're if you've got good structures in place and you've got good governance and you've got financially feeling sound then everything else will 
will happen as long as your shop floor is looking exactly how you want it to be. And I think that's where I need to speak to the families we support and find out that they are getting the support exactly how I know they should be getting it. Mm -hmm. And if they're getting that, and I know that at the top, I'm making sure everything's ticking over, I can trust everyone else to deliver on all the rest of it. And I found that whole concept really liberating. And that's what made me spend more time with the families. Like, Let's make sure that I'm definitely delivering what I'm writing in funding bids that I'm delivering here. Well, yeah. And you can't possibly have that level of communication with all of your team all of the time to, oh. to ensure that they're so then I guess hearing it from the kind of front end you can work back if there's anything missed, right? So that sounds, yeah. What what do we need to do as a team to fix this that's not quite happening as it should? Mm-hmm. And what which bit do you hate the most with your role? I'm just, p- managing people has got to be one of the hardest things. Managing a team. Yes, sister, I hear you. <laughs> even though you have lovely people. It's yeah. just, yeah. Oh, yeah. And even though they're all brilliant and you know some of them are good friends of mine and you know all of those things it's just so hard and I think that you can't get I've tried to get away from it I've tried to you know not be anyone's manager or anything but actually when you're leading you are you're everyone (laughs) you know you have to be and it is really hard and I I've really struggled with feeling like I'm constantly getting that bit wrong I think as well you start on your own and you don't have to worry about other people. And then yeah. you gradually add people in. And when it's a couple of people, it's that you've got that, it, that there's, it's such a small team that, you, again, yeah. you know, and then suddenly there's more people and there's more roles and yeah. there's higher expectation and your responsibility is bigger. Totally. Yeah. And yeah, and I think, you know, that and communication within the team are the yeah. two things that are so, so important and are so, so easily go wrong. And, are you know, that everyone's a person at the end of the day with different things going on and they bring mm. different things from home and from their life into the office. And it's, it's just a, it's one of those that it's like, and you know, we are a close team. So, and I really, really, as we grow, want to maintain that family feeling. And it's so such a cliched and overused thing, but we give so much to, to families we support that we need to love each other. We need to be there for each other. We need to be compassionate and kind and all pulling in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And all those words are great, but you know, on a rainy Monday morning where someone's pissed off with someone else for doing something, yes. it's hard. Yeah, no, it is. It, it really is. And what what's kind of what's next? I really want to grow the coaching side of the support we give to families because it's a real game changer. It's building this extra layer of support that means that when someone needs us in a crisis, that crisis doesn't become a long term ongoing reliance on the organization it really is let us help you in this moment and let us help you get into a situation where you don't need any charity support again because who does want that you know let's let's get people out of that situation connecting people building those communities and and uh, supporting people longer term so no one needs charities like this anymore Huge thanks to Emma for chatting with me and also to Natural Map for sponsoring this episode and series. We asked Emma for ways to support First Days so that we could share them on here. She told us that where demand for the services has doubled, 
funding has not. So if you can afford to spare any money at all, now is the time that charities like First Days need it more than ever. There's a link to donate in the notes for this episode, or if you want to support a charity in your area, just visit your council website and look for the charities they're working with during this cost of living crisis. You can also buy a toy off their Christmas wish list, so we've included a link for that. And if you can't donate or buy anything, you can still support just sharing their posts, liking on social media, telling other people, um, it all really helps. And thank you so much for listening. We will be back again tomorrow with another business guest. Subscribe if you want to get a notification when new episodes go live. And as always, we would really love a review. I know I say it every time, uh, but go on. It, It would be great to hear from you. Thanks very much. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.